In an ever-growing aggressive society where headlines bleed of violence and atrocities, evil seems to surround us. But the question is, is this the work of the devil? Or has humanity just lost their way? How difficult is it for the clergy to separate these enigmas and differentiate between mental illness and true demonic evil? Reverend Sean Whittington knows these things all too well and reveals the truth behind possessions and exorcisms. With me, your host, right here on the best in paranormal talk radio, this is my Paranormal 60. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't know. He doesn't stand for baloney. are in for an interesting discussion this evening, folks, and one I do not take lightly. Although I do have a silly personality at times, when it starts getting into the realm of the demonic and possessions, it's something that I am concerned about because I believe there's a wealth of bad information that circulates. And there are many people entering the fray that want to face evil without truly understanding what that means and what the full ramifications could be not only to you, but to the people around you. Our guest, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, knows this information all too well. Reverend Sean Whittington knows these things. He's been featured on Eli Roth's uh, Presents Legion of Exorcists, and he's an author who shares firsthand accounts with true darkness. Sean has over 40 years of experience with the paranormal and is an ordained exorcist. His book is God, Ghosts, and the Paranormal Ministry. We have a link for that book on today's program guide. Please help me welcome to the Paranormal 60, Reverend Sean Whittington. Thank you so much for being here tonight with us, sir. How are you, brother? I got to clear well, up a couple of things with you real quick. Please. Before we get, before we get dark, you're yes. far more handsome in person than you are on TV. Well, th boy, you could start off a show like that anytime, Reverend. I appreciate that. Thank <laughs> and, you so and, much. And you helped me make... Um, you helped me make a very important decision in my life today. I finally decided today I'm going to go ahead and retire because it's never going to get better for me than it is to be on the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. It's not going well, to get any better. You. I appreciate it. Folks, tonight might be the night I retire as well because I've never <laughs> had compliments like that at the beginning. And let's just go out on a high note. As a matter of fact, let's wrap it up here. Thanks for tuning in. No, I appreciate you being here. Uh, this is exciting. Um, the, in the sense of it's a great opportunity to highlight uh, what's going on. The program is called Eli Roth Presents the Legion of Exorcists. It's on travel, on the Discovery Plus uh, app, and on Max, so you can find it there. I think it's also available on Amazon Prime and many different avenues. Uh, I, I've got to ask you, though, Reverend, doing a show like this, was there much reservation to step in and do something like this, knowing that a lot of these shows are built around an entertainment subject and knowing that this is very real, very dark, very dangerous. What kind of thoughts went through your head when you, you were a perm? Well, for me personally, um, when 
the first gentleman of many working for the original production company reached out to me, I, I thought he was joking. I didn't think he was a legitimate person. So after a couple of phone calls, I realized I was speaking with a, a legitimate individual. And my first answer was, I didn't think it could be done. I didn't think they could do uh, an adequate show on demonic possession and exorcism that wouldn't make the church look bad and make everybody involved look bad. But the more I got to know him and people above him, and I started getting pushed up the chain of command to the next person in charge, started talking to a lot of show creators. I had never really been pitched that type of idea before and it really mm -hmm. started to grow on me pretty quick but you know the other cast members they're all legitimate ministers and pastors and um, two bishops on the cast we all felt the same way and uh, it is a very scary thing and we not only wanted the church to remain looking good but we knew it was Hollywood we knew there would be some possibly over the top over dramatized things in the cinematic recreations but you know i have to be honest with you brother they actually backed off uh, there were stories i told them in many two hour long zoom conversations with with show creators there were stories that they said we we can't use this story that's just uh, that's too scary um and the stories they did use they were very watered down and uh, there's a lot of stuff that we told in our stories around that round table in was probably the most beautiful 200 year old church I had ever seen. Um, a, a real church. People thought that we were on a set. No, we were in a real church. Uh, it was uh, it was quite an experience, one I'll never forget. I don't know if it's going to go beyond season one, but we're all very proud of it. And um and we got the message out. We definitely got the message out. I loved your opening. And you said, you know, has humanity lost its way or is it the devil? Um, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's always the devil. And because we lost our humanity, that allowed the devil to get in. People got away from church. I'm not trying to preach or convert anybody here, uh, whatever religious belief system you have in place or not, it, it is, ex you hit the nail right on the head. Humanity has lost its humanity and we got away from the important stuff and, and the wholesome stuff and being a good person and loving our human uh, fellow human beings and learning how to turn the other cheek and, uh, pray for our enemies and help one another and love one another. We got away from all that. And that just got the devil and the demons. So it's, it, it's like a, a cancer that is just snowballing and it doesn't seem to have any stop to it right now. You bring up an interesting point, right? The, the fact that we've lost the ability to turn the other cheek, to forgive, to maybe empathize with people. And it's weird, right? Because the devil comes to us as an angel of light, right? As something that, you know, according to the Bible and scripture is going to be something that will be very, um, and for many people don't understand that, that concept, it appears one way when it's something else. We look at the fact that right now in our world, we are oversensitized to every possible thing we can be. And we are now taught we're done with being victims. Everybody needs to be stronger and stand up for themselves and no more turning the other cheek. Now, 
now we stand on. And they forgot the purpose behind those concepts, right? The reason you turn the other cheek is that everybody has their own struggles. Everybody's going through something. I, you know, that was proven to me recently at an event that I was at where, I, you know, I meet with somebody, a, an, a longtime friend, I get a hug from her and I'm like, oh, it's great to see you again. And she said, yeah, I almost didn't come. I just lost a friend, but I, I felt like I should still be here. I should still live and, and go out and, and have these experiences, not let that hold me back. And I start realizing, had she not said that, I might've thought, well, that's weird. She seems very standoffish and, and, you know, not herself. And, you know, did I offend her to automatically go into our own victimization mode of trying to rationalize other people's feelings when sometimes we just have to think, I don't know what happened. Maybe Reverend Sean got up this morning, stubbed his toe on the way to the bathroom, stepped in uh, cat vomit and, you know, uh, slipped and banged his head. And now he's got to do this interview and he's out of sorts, but not because he's talking to Dave Schrader, not because he's tired of talking, but because he's dealing with pain and anguish that I can't see on the surface. So sometimes the turning the other cheek is showing empathy, is showing compassion for the moment that maybe you're not your best in this moment. So let me be better. Let me take what you're given, you know, and obviously I'm, I'm folks not referring to. So for those of you over hyper texters and messengers that are already writing me, well, so I should just get beaten and turn the other cheek. That's obviously <laughs> yeah. not what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about not being so easily offended or hurt by everything. Sometimes giving people a little bit more empathy and and we need more of that humanity. We need more of that compassion shown to people that are on the brink. And sometimes that can bring them back as well. Now, you said something interesting in the beginning as well, that you were worried that they were going to overemphasize these stories, that they were going to commercialize them, make them more entertainment than than true value. And you said they actually watered it down. Does that is that maybe even more dangerous? Because now they make it seem less damaging and less dangerous that is a, a really really good point of course we didn't see the final product till we're all at home a year after we've wrapped and the show finally mm -hmm. comes out and we watch it you know i haven't spoke to the other cast members i loved the show i thought it was very mm -hmm. well done and every night i would send messages to all the people that i knew that you know gave the whatever i saw gave the okay for right. that to be there, telling them, brilliant job, love what you did. Um, but you make a good point. I th I think they were right there. I think they were walking a tightrope, and I think they did a very good job. And it, it, it's, a, it's a fine line, because you if you step over that line, now it is just really look like they're trying to do a, rem a television remake of The Exorcist. And then you would lose people. But the feedback I've gotten from, uh, of course, friends and family, and I've got to take that with a grain of salt because they love me and support right. me. But a lot of people reached out to me that I'll, I'll tell you, I'll try. I'm, I'm a crybaby. I'll, I'll warn mm -hmm. you ahead of time, but I'll try to get through this without getting emotional. The thing that has really happened to me that is super special, starting with the actor that portrays me, People have reached out to me saying, watching you on TV, listening to your stories, watching the show, has I, I realized I had lost my faith a little, and this brought me back to God. It doesn't get any better than that. And that was uh, that's all that's all we wanted from the very mm -hmm. beginning. So um, 
uh, I, I'm very happy with the project. I'm really proud of it. Now, people have grown to understand that Hollywood is going to take stories like The Exorcist and blow them out and make them terrifying because they want you to walk away with these memories. A memory that, you know, some people I speak to have not seen that movie since it originally came out and it still is entrenched deeply into their psyche as being one of the most terrifying experiences of our life to watch that. Then I've talked to people uh, like Lorraine Warren and I've, I've spoken to um, Keith and Carl Johnson who have helped and, and Adam Bly and uh, Archbishop James Long, who's also featured on this program and, and other people that are involved in the field of trying to help deliver people from evil, help to get them clear of what they're dealing with. And some say it's very Hollywood in reality. Some say it's not anywhere near that kind of activity. And I wonder, is it, what would you say is the best representation of what really happens? Is there levitation? Is there head spinning 360 degrees around, speaking in guttural voices? Um, you know, how, how real is what we see on these programs and documentaries? I have only seen levitation one time. I've worked some pretty violent cases. I have only seen levitation one time. And a matter of fact, it was a girl in a wheelchair. And when the demon manifested itself, the whole wheelchair would do things, would lift or turn or roll. And she she didn't have any, she couldn't move. So for the chair to be able to do that sort of stuff without her manipulating the chair was interesting. I have never seen a head turn completely around. I've seen a lot of, I've been vomited on before. Mm -hmm. um, I have too, but I have 11 kids, so that's normal. <laughs> you know, um, it's, uh, I've, I've, I've seen, uh, I've had have you seen? Have you seen the eyes change color? I've seen him go completely white. Uh, you mentioned Bishop Long. He's actually my bishop now. I turned the page um, the reverend I was, and I actually entered his seminary. So I'm actually just a uh, seminarian this is, right now. This is what always happens to us, reverend, is you're talking, and it never <laughs> fails. Whenever I'm talking to people about the demonic, things start getting janky, and I lost about the last 10 seconds there of what you were saying. You said that you're under Archbishop Long. Um, he is He's your bishop in, in what you were doing, and that was the last words that were intelligible. Would you would you like me to do you know this is your show there's no wrong answer here um things are a little janky here too and and i think we both knew it was probably going to happen would you like me to say a quick prayer of protection over you and i and all your listeners i'm totally open for that go ahead yeah let's do that and this is actually the prayer i would say on set before we started filming In the name of the father and of the son and the holy spirit amen In the name, in his name, and by the power of his cross and blood, I ask Jesus to bind any evil spirits, forces and powers of the earth, air, fire, or water, of the netherworld, and the satanic forces of nature. By the power of the Holy Spirit and by his authority, I ask Jesus Christ to break any curses, hexes, or spells, and send them back to where they came from, if it be his holy will. I beseech thee, Lord Jesus, to protect us by pouring thy precious blood on all of us here. 
which thou hast shed for us, and I ask thee to command that any departing spirits leave quietly, without disturbance, and go straight to thy cross, to dispose of as thou seest fit. I ask thee to bind any demonic interaction, interplay, or communications. I place this whole place, Mr. Schrader, myself, and all his listening audience, under the protection of the blood of Jesus Christ, which he shed for us. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You mission, yeah, you, it you it never fails. That, Whenever we start talking about the, the dark side, electronics start getting wonky. And I know there's <laughs> skeptics out there going, well, Dave, that just happens. It's called the internet and it's not perfect. I, I'm aware of that. I just find it's really weird that it is such a high percentage of people that as they start talking about darker things have some kind of weird effect. Unfortunately, for those of you that watch every Wednesday with our newscast, no matter how much of an abomination my newscasters read the stories, it never breaks up like that. So see, it's proof we're not true evil when we do the news. We're just <laughs> drunkard idiots. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, well, go, you go mentioned ahead, Bishop Long and he, um, mm -hmm. uh, I'd never met him before this show. I met him for the first time on the set. Uh, we talked briefly in a Zoom meeting like a week before we met in L.A., but I had never really met him in person or worked with him. An interesting story, when I was a little boy, my mother, uh, who was probably the most devoutly Catholic person I had known in my life, she used to tease me all the time, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I would, you know, dumb kid, uh, a fireman, cop, uh, mm -hmm. pro football player. She would say, I think you should be a priest. And, I, and I, I just thought that was the funniest, craziest thing for my mom to say to me. So here it is, 63 years later, uh, I'm on lunch break on the set one day. And this is after working with Bishop Long for a couple of weeks. And I'm in my trailer. And here he comes walking in there. Is it okay if I come in and talk to you for a little bit? No, sure, James, come on in. And he's got this, you know, he's a, he's a nice guy. But he's got this weird mm -hmm. little grin on his face. And... Uh, and I know he's up to something, but I don't know what. And he comes in, he's just sitting there staring at me, and I'm staring back at him. And all of a sudden, he says, I just wanted to tell you that you have a pure heart. And I think you would make a great priest. You, you cut out again. Okay, okay, he says to me. Bishop Long said me, what? <laughs> he says, uh, I know that you have a pure heart. And I think you would make a great priest. If you've ever thought about being a priest, uh, talk to me after the show, after we wrap, and I can get you into the seminary for the United States Old Catholic Church. What he didn't know at the time, and I told him later, was as he was talking to me, I literally saw my mother's face transposed over his face, and I heard her voice coming through his mouth, and I just knew this was that was what was supposed to happen doing this project. I knew right then. So of course I didn't even give him an answer. Then I said, I'll reach out to you afterwards. And I did. And so I, I did turn that page and entered his seminary for the United States Old Catholic Church. So here I am at 63 years old. Who, who enters the seminary in 63? But so I'm always buried in classes and studying and tests and what have you, but this is what God's plan was. God laid this in all of our laps, and I know that he, they don't give him credits on screen, but he's the real show creator here for sure. And, um, 
and to get back to your original uh, question about what I've seen and haven't seen, haven't seen well, the black we'll, guy. We'll cover that. We'll cover that when we do come back. We've got to take just a, a quick break here. Sure. Um, and I know after what you've just uh, exposed with us in this last segment, our listeners are going to want to know if you weren't an exorcist and a priest before the show, how <laughs> did you get on the show and what were you? Uh, we'll talk about that and more. Okay. Stay tuned. We've got more to cover right here on the Paranormal 60. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. All right, we are back. We have Reverend Sean Whittington joining us. And uh, he was featured on Eli Roth Presents Legion of Exorcists. How did you get to become on a program called Legion of Exorcists if you weren't even yet a, a priest or a reverend? Do you know Joni Mahan? Yes. She called me one day and said, I just got a phone call. God bless her. She says, I got a phone call from some guy says he's a producer. They're doing a show on exorcism and, and deliverance and possession and all that. Uh, and they said, if I knew anybody uh, to recommend that they speak to, and I, I was don't want to give them your name and number without asking you first, but would you be willing to talk to this person? I said, absolutely. So it, it, it's all her fault. Um, but but what, um, were you, what was your position? I, you said you've got 40 years of experience with the paranormal and an ordained uh, exorcist. How did you enter the fray of, of doing exorcisms and helping people if you were not coming from a theological background until just recently? Well, I'd been seeing spirits since I was very young. I'm a baptized Catholic and, and um, confirmed also in Catholicism. And my wife and I, for many years, we were just your run-of-the-mill Ghostbusters. You know, we started a team okay. when we got married 20 years ago, Ghost Be Gone, and we were just Ghostbusters. You know, I had no intention on... You know, I got drug into this basically kicking and screaming. And so what happened was we worked a case, a very ugly case. Uh, I'm going to get hate mail for this, but we used a Ouija board 
and we didn't know what we were doing. And I truly believe that something at this case followed us home. And it took up residence in our house here for about two months. And my wife was the actual, took the brunt of this attack. It, it ultimately resulted in her coming down with three very rare forms of cancer. And I had to actually leave the field of deliverance ministry for a couple of years to try and help her, you know, fight for her life. She's still with us and she made it through all that, but it was a very ugly time. But when this thing manifested in our home and started beating us up, I didn't know who to turn to. I didn't know what I was up against or who to turn to. I reached out into the paranormal community and God bless them. It doesn't happen all the time, but for right. once the paranormal community came through for me and they introduced me to my then mentor who was uh, an exorcist, a female exorcist. She took me under her wing and taught me how to fight this thing and get it out of the house. After we were done doing that, she saw something in me I didn't see in myself and said, I think you are being called to this. And do you have any interest in getting further training in this? And uh, I said, absolutely. And I was coming from an angle of being so terrified after having gone through what I went through. But I wanted to be ready the next time if it ever happened again. Mm -hmm. So uh, I went through um, Agape Christian University and the American Association of Exorcists went through their complete training. And I did become an ordained uh, exorcism deliverance minister, advanced practice through those two organizations. So I was a reverend when they reached out to me for this show. Okay. But uh, you're, you're absolutely right. God said it's time for you to, to be a priest. And uh, so uh, here I am. So you stepped up to this instead of falling into something, you stepped up to this cause and calling. And that is, again, the title of today's showing the calling, right? Um, so now that you've, you've stepped into this, you've been a deliverance minister, you've helped with exorcisms. You, you were talking to us about some things. You said you saw a woman in a, in a wheelchair levitate. <clears throat> First of all, it's strange to me. What strikes me is if it was truly a demon and I'm not questioning you, Reverend. Just understand. I'm just. No, I know. Why would the demon not make a crippled person stand up and walk? To me, that would be much more terrifying than watching a a, a wheelchair lift off the ground and move. Uh, it was still an impressive display, but you would think that uh, supernaturally, the spirit, the the being, is not confined to the broken body and should be able to puppet master it. You know, why do you think it would display it this way as opposed to making the crippled walk, showing you its true power? Well, I'm going to tell you what happened at that time when the chair was doing this. I had two twins with me who were retired nuns as prayer warriors mm -hmm. and assisting me on this exorcism. And this girl hadn't been able to move for many years. Uh, I, can, I It's a long story how this happened to her whole family. Her father was really into the occult. And according to the mother, she claimed that during the conception of her, her young child, the father had done some type of special prayer incantation, offering his seed up to Satan. And as soon as the child was born, shortly after that, she came down with this affliction that no doctors could figure out what was wrong with her. Here's the beautiful thing about this story. This demon wasn't powerful enough to do that. But after the exorcism... For the first time in many years, this girl did get up and walk under the under the power of God, 
Uh, and that was the beautiful thing about this story. And I actually so it was have... almost his his deal with the devil was like the monkey's paw curse, right? Where you get a you get to make this wish, but with every wish there comes a curse. Oh, you, you're gonna give me your seed. You you're gonna you're gonna give this token to me. Great. Here's your child. Oh, she can't walk. She's going to be handicapped, right? And until that curse, that burden is lifted, that this demonic force is put upon her, it allows her back into a more uh, normalized lifestyle and and that element of uh, a handicap has been removed that's that is frighteningly powerful to show that something could keep somebody constrained that way yeah it was and many people in the family had passed away odd causes like the the husband's uh, two brothers and a sister and a couple of close family members to the mother um and so it was uh, th that family for many many years had been really tormented and i believe by more than one demon um hmm. so it was um it was uh that's the story at the very end of the first book i do have a second book out which is uh, there's a lot of cases in that book that uh, mm -hmm. the show didn't want to put on. So I've got the, that's the first one, the autobiography, but there's a second one that just came out, same title, but there's the number two uh, behind God's it. God ghosts and the paranormal ministry. And the new one is God ghosts and the paranormal ministry volume two. Correct. And there's stories in there. They didn't want to put on the screen. They thought just a little bit too, too scary. So I, I applaud them for that. Um, but I, I haven't seen Bishop Long has seen the black eyes. I haven't seen the black eyes. I haven't seen full on levitation other than uh, a little bit in this one situation with the chair. And I do still have that wheelchair bound and put away in my garage of all places. And um, I've heard what sounds like bones breaking before and people getting contorted into positions that normally they wouldn't be able to get into. I've seen people look at me, be completely facing the other way, and then look back at me. The head not completely spin, but the head... 180 degrees, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of parlor tricks, mostly a lot of parlor tricks, doors opening and slamming, drawers opening and slamming. Um I often hear the sound of like gunshot, but there's nobody with a gun in the room. But you hear a lot of banging, a lot of scratching, a lot of screaming, things of that nature. Um, a lot. Well, how do you how do you start to differentiate between a mentally disturbed individual and somebody who is truly afflicted with a demonic presence? And are there cases where it is one and the same? People are are mentally debilitated because of the demonic presence. It's funny you asked that question. Before about an hour before I met with you today, I was actually reading this book to give another book a plug. Um, True or false possession is the name of the book for those of you that are listening a, to the audio version. It's a French psychiatrist who used to mm -hmm. analyze people that claim to be possessed. Uh, I am not a psychologist or a or a psychiatrist. So what my wife and I do is we have an intake form we send out to the family. They fill it out as a family unit together, send it back. We read it. We, there's many, many, many interviews, some in person, some just over the phone, sometimes like this Zoom or Skype. And uh, then we determine what we're what we may be up against. More times than not, if the person or anybody close to them in the family has been clinically diagnosed, with a mental illness, 
we're almost at a point where legally we can't proceed because doctors, they're under a doctor's care and doctors get very upset when clergy comes in behind them and starts dealing with these types of things. Now, I've spoken to many psychologists and psychiatrists who looked me right in the eye and said, this is off the record. She's mm -hmm. ill, but I do believe there's something more going on here than meets the eye. Um, I remember the last but, two I'm years, sorry, you, you cut out again. Uh, you know that she's ill, but you also believe, or the, the psychologists believe what? There's something more going there on there than meets the eye. Supernatural, yeah. they mean? Yes. And okay. I remember the last two years of my father's life and last one year of my mother's life when they were in hospice care, and I would go there to visit sometimes late at night. Sometimes I'd have my ghost be gone hat on. And there would be nurses that would come up to me and say, uh, you need to come here sometime if we can get the okay and have you roam this place and see what you see and feel what you feel. There's, we believe that there's supernatural forces at work here. Mm -hmm. And they, they said many people that are clinically diagnosed with a mental illness in the psych ward, we believe are possessed. I do believe that possession can occur. I think they're more of a target. Children... Um, people with mental illness, I believe, are more of a target. So I think both can happen. Um, but it, and it's just sad that we can't uh, the we can't take the gloves off and be given complete, you know, um, a, the big okay to go ahead and help these people right. because there's a, there's a lot of legalities involved there, and it's very sad. Well, I want, again, uh, our guest is a part of the program. Eli Roth presents The Legion of Exorcists, not a fictional tale, folks. These are actual exorcists and people that work in the field of deliverance ministry and sharing their stories. They're showing recreations. They're doing roundtable discussions, discussing each one of the cases and what they look like, how they affect and impact people. Um you said so th those episodes are out and available again on Max, on Travel Channel, and uh, Discovery Plus, uh, and many other different venues. Search for it. But you said that there are cases that were just too frightening for the TV show. Would you mind sharing one of those right now? Since people, you know, we don't want to spoil what's on the episode so that they can go see those stories individually, but maybe a story that has happened to you that they deemed too much for TV. I got reached out to by a girl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're both grown men. Uh, mm -hmm. And it happens in this field. Uh, a lot of attention seekers reach out to us. And mm -hmm. sometimes the, they come to you and you just have a, a, your spidey senses go up and you, and you just don't think there's something on the up and up there. This girl reached out to me and she covered from head to toe in tattoos looked very uh you know uh, very streety little gothy i don't judge that's okay what you know what's your story she claimed she was possessed or being tormented by demons she also was honest with me said that uh, i have an alcohol problem i have a drug problem and i'm an adult film star that's a lot to lay on a guy like me so as the conversation goes on more and more, she says, if you're interested in seeing my work, now this is where it gets a little little touchy, but I wanted to verify that she was being honest with me. You can find some of my work at this site or this site. Um, and I 
and I, I need some help. I want to get out of this field. But now, wait a minute, Reverend. I've got to ask you then. Aren't you afraid that that's the devil at work trying to screw with you? Hey, I'm an adult porn star. To prove it, go check out Pornhub or RedTube. I don't know how <laughs> I know those things. I think God is just filtering those words into my brain. I, I could be wrong. They may not even be real things. But anyway, weren't you kind of concerned that, hey, I'm married, I'm a man of the cloth, and I'm being drawn to porn sites? Well, this is what I did. Two things. One, I didn't erase any of her messages. She sent me face video messages on my text messages. So I didn't erase any of those. And you mentioned the wife. That's great thing about being in this field and having a wife. And I know people are saying, well, how does he in the seminary and being married? That was one of the things that Bishop Long said was okay with me, that, you know, it's okay to be, I can accept you into the seminary for USOCC and you can be married. But I brought my wife in and she was with me the whole time we were, you know, checking her story out. And she didn't lie to me. She was, um, she was, uh, how do I put it? Uh, very active, very highly sought after, well-known adult film star. So I had never approached a case like this before or had a case like this laid in my lap before. And it was very, uh, it was a very, very, hard case to work long story short she's jewish and when we start talking about religious belief systems and what do you believe and what don't you believe well i believe i'm possessed or at the very least uh you know here these are bite marks scratch marks i'm being beat up i've got uh, a friend of mine filmed me getting beat up by an unseen force the other night i've got that film for you i'm all well jewish people don't necessarily believe in demons um, mm -hmm. She says, well, this is this is what's happening to me. I believe I'm being demonically possessed, but I don't think you can help me. Now she's flips on me. I don't think you can help me being, you're Catholic, right? Yes. I don't think you can help me then. What do I do? I searched and searched and searched and didn't think I should have known, but I didn't no. know. I don't have all the answers. I'm just a normal guy. Is there a Jewish exorcist? Well. Yes, there is. I found a Jewish exorcist who actually believes there are Jews that believe Christ was the Son of God. I didn't know that either. You learn something new every day. Uh, I talked, had a couple of nice conversations with a rabbi here in town, Las Vegas, who um, Messianic Jews, I believe, is the correct term. And he believes that Christ is the Son of God, and he does have, does you know, whatever right it is that they do in the Jewish uh, religion, he's got a right of exorcism, Jewish style that he can come and do with me. So now I had the whole gang with me. I had one of the two twins with me, not both, but just one. Um, because my wife was still ill at the time. I didn't want to bring her. So I brought this other woman. So we had one other woman in the room. And this particular twin happened to be also very psychically gifted, retired nun, psychically gifted, great prayer warrior. I bring her and I come with this rabbi. And some of the things that we saw and heard during this exorcism, uh, unlike anything I'd ever uh, seen before. I had just been recently gifted a cross almost as big as me from a Carmelite nun convent. Um, and I brought that with me. Something told me, bring this with you. 
And you talk about uh, her being an, uh, this is being a, you know, an adult film star. There were times where she, things got very sexual, where she did try to lash out at the rabbi and myself that way when the, when the demon had manifested, something different was about her. And now it's, it's as though we are on the set of a, an adult film, you know? Um, so that, I don't know how you could show that type of thing on TV, maybe the movies, but not on TV, but some of the things that she did to herself and tried to get us to do to her uh, during uh, the, the demonic manifestation was pretty graphic, pretty intense. And then I had a vision. We all had a vision while the, while the rabbi was under severe attack and he had to step away from the situation. We're in the kitchen around a kitchen table. He had to step away further into the kitchen and he's doing some type of um, religious praying, uh, either in Hebrew or Greek, maybe Latin. But it, it, the most beautiful sounding singing I'd ever heard from an individual while he's also praying, uh, that I would love to have been on film for people to see this Messianic Jewish exorcist do this praying and singing. Beautiful. But then we all had a vision of the Virgin Mary showed up and she said, take my son through the house the cross. I went to the couch and opened this cross up. Like I said, it's almost as big as I am. And I'm walking through this house with this big cross over my shoulder with the corpus and everything on it. And um, it was just, it was just something like I'd never experienced before, but the types of things that she was doing. As you're doing that though, Reverend Whittington, are you hearing things? Are, Are walls banging you know, vents, bleeding, screams, guttural voices. Walk us through what that moment is actually like. Um, Unless you've experienced it, and I know you've experienced some of this stuff yourself. People don't understand, like, oh, so you just had doors opening and shutting and windows opening and shutting and drawers opening and shutting. That doesn't seem very scary. When every single window in the house, every single drawer in the house, every single door in the house is opening and slamming simultaneously at the same time, the sta- it's so deafening that you can't even speak to the person standing next to you because they all they see is your lips moving. It's that loud. That's mm. scary. When you yeah. when you can't see what's doing that, that is scary. That's more powerful than you, and you don't understand what's going on. Let's be honest here. I don't have all the answers. You and I are going to be on heaven's version of the paranormal 61 one day when we meet in heaven, and we'll have this conversation again, and we will know a lot of the answers. But I don't have all the answers. But that's very frightening. So, yes, thing, that was happening. It sounded like construction workers with hammers working in the ceiling in the attic above us. Um, it's felt like things are jumping on the cross, trying to pull it out of my grip, knock it to the floor. So I've got, you know, I know that that's what the intention is. Defile this, get it down on the ground. It felt like things were climbing all over me as I'm walking through the house, things being thrown at you. It's, I guess that could fall under the, the uh, category of levitation. Never thought of that before, but your things are being thrown at you. And yes, you can get hurt. I've had heavy mm-hmm. things thrown at me before. When they hit you, it hurts. Um, 
But I think probably the most disturbing things was some of the things that she was having to do to herself in a sexual manner that we had to stop her from doing. Um, uh, and so we is there all... is there a concern as religious people in this setting that if she hurts herself during this, it makes you liable for legal action? Absolutely. Because in a court of law, you're now going to have to prove the demon exists and that it wasn't, unfortunately, as we hear in the news all the time, jaded religious professionals doing unseemly sexual acts on, on victims. You know, that's gotta be a very uh, unnerving and concerning thought for you as well as, as this is unfolding. That's why you make sure you have very, very credible people. Nobody came more credible than this rabbi. Nobody came more credible than my uh, friend who's retired nun. Uh, their mm-hmm. their credentials are impeccable. Uh, I, I have a very, God bless you, Jesus, for never letting me get into any trouble in my life to where I would be ashamed or have skeletons in the closet. We all have skeletons in the closet, but I, I have a pretty pretty good background too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's good that you bring all those types of people around so you have witnesses, but we have forms that the clients family members if the client can't do it family mm-hmm. members people close to them that sign off on if property gets damaged or or there's understandable some, okay some so you are covered yes gotcha so she's doing these violent acts you're you're battling this thing dragging this heavy crucifix through the home blessing these rooms trying to push this entity out how many uh, attempts at, at exorcism did it take before you were able to help her purge this? It was just that one visit. But I think we were, lo- to be honest with you, I think we were losing until the Virgin Mary showed up. And we all saw the Virgin Mary. And we've got together many times since that night. And I've said, "Do we? is this what we really think happened let's 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 mm-hmm. talk again what we think happened do we really think we saw the virgin mary or did mm-hmm. we, were we just finally successful at the end there uh to a person we all truly believe that here here first of all the girl had already defecated and urinated practically everywhere on the house during some mm-hmm. of these convulsions and things that she was doing to herself and trying to do to us but the house smelt as though porta potties that you've seen out at a park that have sat there for months during several outdoor concerts that haven't been clean had been brought in by forklifts and dumped in the living room. Right. That's Oof. what it smelt like. And I tell people all the time, if it's in this field, you want to smell those smells so you know what you're dealing with. But once you have these smells, if it's at a point where you're, you're too nauseous and your eyes are watering and you can't function, I break out some of that old, CSI cream and get it in my nostrils so that you can function. But before I had a chance to do that, when all of a sudden it felt as though you were on a hilltop in the wilderness and the air was the crispest, cleanest mountain air you've ever smelt and you fell face forward into a field of the most beautiful smelling flowers that you've ever smelt in your life like nothing on earth that's all of a sudden the aroma we got and interesting enough when we got all got that smell everything stopped for that time it's like being in the center 
it's like the tornado's hitting you and all of a sudden you're in the center of it and it's just dead quiet. That but eye you know of the hurricane. Yeah, but you know something's about to come. But we saw what we believe was the Virgin Mary coming through a wall and then just basically standing in one area of the room. The Before I heard, take my son around the house, the psychic heard, which I didn't hear, then looked at me and she said, your mother's here. Well, my mother had just recently passed. I'm going to try not to get emotional here. So I thought it was my mother until I saw the Virgin Mary. But I thought when she had said to me, your mother's here, I thought she was talking about my mother. Right. Then I saw the Virgin Mary. I'm like, that's not my mother. It's the, Vir it's, it's the Virgin Mary. The right. rabbi is now, he's collapsed down to his knees because he's just. Uh, In the glory of this moment, right? And then I knew when I heard, take my son through the house, I knew that's what she meant. And because I didn't know why I was being asked or told, bring this crucifix with you. And why right before this case, Carmelite, a bunch of Carmelite nuns in the Midwest somewhere would gift this to me. Uh, pretty incredible how God works no behind doubt. the scenes. Um, but, you know, you, you, hear, you, you hear what sounds like bones breaking. I've seen heads turn around and look, but um, now when you are in the midst of this and suddenly this foul stench dissipates and you're in the presence of the Virgin Mary and she gives you this insight to help end this. And you said you could feel that the, the other side of the cyclone is moving back towards you. Does it dissipate again? And then you're back into the trenches of the foul sense and the horrific things being done until you do the entire traverse, the entire property with that cross. And then what happens? Well, the Virgin Mary leaves. Mm -hmm. Then they know that that's their opportunity to right there. It's 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 you're back in the in the cage match again. And then they've got Did the really... foul smell come back and everything go right back into the thick of it. This is their opportunity to really they know what's coming. And this is their last chance to just really just, you know, for lack of a better term, balls to the walls. Got to just, you know, it's, it's their chance right. to really go for it. So mm -hmm. everybody jumps into action. My uh, uh, the retired nun starts doing a lot of praying hands on the girl. The girl is basically in a comatose state laying on top of the kitchen table at this time. The rabbi's back up and now he's really going uh, just just a really a, beautiful, beautiful thing uh, to watch this, this man, this holy man uh, from another religious belief system than mine do his thing. Um, just beautiful. And so then I grab that crucifix with the corpus, start walking through the house. But as we're going, th as I'm going through the house, things are starting to slowly more and more settle down. There was a time where before the exorcism started, the girl had looked to the corner and I said, and I was asking her not really religious provocation, but I was saying to her, um, tell it to come forward, tell it to introduce itself to us. So we know who we're going to, you know, who we're going to send back to the foot of the cross for Jesus mm -hmm. to be with, tell him to come forward. She said, well, he's right there. Everybody looks over to the corner of the room. And as we're staring at the corner of the room, it looks like black mold from the backside of the wall starting to appear out and mm. spread on this wall and a little stream of it 
goes up the crack of this wall across the ceiling, stops right above her, and as little drops, black drops of this look like tar dropping down on her, as it's that's how the possession came in. As this these drops of this tarry substance were hitting her head, she started to change. And I'd never seen that before. But when I, I had made my rounds through the home and got back into the kitchen, I could tell by the expression on both the rabbi and my friends, the nun, their faces that everything had changed. The girl mm-hmm. was now awake, still laying on the table, but awake. And you could see this black mold retreating back over the ceiling, down the wall to the to the the bigger form and then disappearing into the wall. Uh, pretty incredible. Um, I'm happy to, you know, I never, I never like to tell people to move, but I did, you know, sometimes you have to tell them, I think it's best for you to move. <laughs> um, get out of another thing that happens, uh, I want to clear did, up. Did, other... Real quickly. Did, did you guys get her out? Is she safe now? Have you kept in contact in any way? I have. The, the most important okay. thing is you got it. Now we have to address the other stuff. Get some counseling. Um, mm-hmm. You can't go back to the drugs. You can't go back to the alcohol. You can't have any people still in your life that were responsible. Her her ex-boyfriend was one of the major people, like a pimp. You can't mm-hmm. have these people in your life anymore that are going to try to drag you back into this work. You may mm-hmm. not know how to do a darn thing. Learn how to serve a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Do something, right. but don't go back to that lifestyle again. Um, right. So you got to you got to coordinate that. But here's another thing that I want people to understand: if you're going to get in this field, one, it's a calling; you can't be taught it. Mm-hmm. So be very careful. You know, take a like you mentioned earlier, take a theology course, talk to a bishop, maybe take a theology course, a demonology course, find an exorcist that's willing to take you on a couple of these cases to see how you react and and how well you adjust to being in that environment and if if you're even up to the challenge before right. you make make that jump but know that afterwards um i like to refer to it as um pdst post demonic stress disorder because afterwards these people don't want to see you any longer because you are a reminder right. of what happened. And many times, and I'm going to admit this, and I may get hate mail from my own colleagues. Many times we don't want to see them again because sometimes things happen to us psychologically, emotionally, physically, and um, we don't share them. We hold them in. Um, another thing that was great about this show was that I, these are stories I probably would have never shared with anybody, but right. it was such a release in this church to be with other fellow colleagues in the field to share these stories and then to put it down on paper. The second book would have never came out had I not done this show, but I realized these are some there's some other stories I need to get off my chest and off my back and, and for a release. But afterwards, sometimes you never see these people again. I've had people right. move on me and just disappear, and I get it. I'm not worried about them because God, my discernment would tell me if there's something I need to try and find this person and reach out to them for. But uh, it, it, sometimes you just these people don't want to see you again, and that's okay. Right. 
we uh, we have a trailer for Eli Roth Presents Legion of Exorcists. We'll take a look at that. Um, a couple words from our sponsor. And then when we return, I want to know when you're in a situation like this, are you ever challenged with the idea of leaving? I need to get out. This is not for me. I want to know what that actual impact is like when you're in the heat of the moment. And uh, something else interesting following up on, so many people are concerned about what invites in evil. Does even watching these type of shows make you prone to it? We'll discuss that and more right after we take a look at this. Evil is on the rise. Demons battle to possess our souls and drag us one step closer to hell. But now... There is a gathering of spiritual warriors who defend us against the devil's minions. Go back to hell! St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. And unite to banish the demons in our midst. This was the case that opened my eyes. This 17-year-old girl was so distraught that she would do anything to talk to her dad one more time disturbing things started happening you could feel the presence it, it was just terrifying we ended up having our very first demonic experience it frightened me it frightened me to the core demons wait patiently for the ultimate checkmate the rise of the antichrist which will lead to the final battle between good and evil. Until then, the spiritual warfare will continue. These are the true stories of the Legion of Exorcists. Haunted Magazine Issue 38, Hot Summer Frights, is an electrifying edition that will send shivers down your spine. Dive into a world where history and mystery, the normal and the paranormal, intertwine. In the latest edition, we look at the Hell House hauntings, the terror of the Warminster thing, the Borley Rectory, Sin Eating in Shropshire, and just what the heck is the Grampus? You can find our magazine at the website hauntedmagazineprintshop.com and selected outlets in the UK, Canada, Australia, and the United States. So grab your copy today. And remember kids, don't be normal, be paranormal. Innovation, creation, vitality, and joy are the pulse of MySoulTopia.com. With many custom creations for the mind, body, and spirit, along with classes, intuitive sessions, coaching, and healing energies. MySoulTopia.com strives to bring sophistication with a twist to the metaphysical and the holistic market, while raising the community's vibration and channeling the new paradigm which means new and exciting adventures for all. MySoulTopia.com is utopia for your soul. Visit MySoulTopia.com, your one-stop shop for all your metaphysical needs. 
offering hand-selected crystals and crystal jewelry with prices to fit every budget. MySoulTopia.com offers the best selections of tarot and divination cards by top designers, expertly curated and award-winning book collections with top authors on every subject you'll need on your spiritual journey. MySoulTopia is also proud to offer the finest singing bowls and an eclectic collection of the most amazing gemstones, crystals, and crystal jewelry from the top metaphysical designers in the world. MySoulTopia.com is always your one-stop shop for award-winning mixes of Florida water, sage spray, and other spiritual protection. So begin your journey with the best resource, MySoulTopia.com. That's MySoulTopia.com. Why mess with the rest when you can start with the best? MySoulTopia.com. Again, that's M-Y-S-O-U-L-T-O-P-I-A.com. We are back. Reverend Sean Whittington, our guest, one of the uh, exorcists featured in Eli Roth presents the Legion of Exorcists. Again, you can find that on Travel Channel, Discovery Plus, and on the Max uh, network, the streaming network now to check that out. Um, before the break, I asked you, you know, what's it like to be in the throes of that? Do you ever have that fight or flight moment where it's almost broken you, almost made you leave in the midst of a deliverance? Uh, yes, many times, and you gotta go. You gotta be. Ooh. You gotta be. You shut down for a second there. That's weird. <laughs> you say you gotta leave, and you disappeared off my screen. All right. <laughs> yeah. So you you do take uh, real out. quick on a, on a side note. My family said hello to me in that commercial for Haunted Magazine because they said an evening in Shropshire. That's my family castle, Whittington Castle, is in Shropshire. Oh, very cool. So, very haunted. So they must have been there. And uh, so that's my family giving me, my ancestors giving me a, a hello there. But yeah, awesome. there's times where you just have to leave because if you are, um, if, if, if you are being told, your discernment's telling you, let's take a break. Sometimes for health issues, it's sometimes these people, when the, when the demonic spirit is manifesting, it can be very violent, physically violent for the person and very emotional and sometimes physically demanding on the people that are there. So, yeah, sometimes if you're being told, your discernment is telling you, let's take a break, um, then you should. Also, sometimes you can inadvertently. Do but isn't that, their con isn't that their hope is to break you during the midst of this and make you leave to lessen the strength of the, the attack uh, or, or lessen the strength of the uh, opposition that you're bringing into that room? Well, that's why you, you trust your your discernment. You trust that if you're being told that it's time for a break, then you got to trust your instinct and trust your discernment, what it's telling you. But sometimes you can do things inadvertently uh, that make things worse. And then you've got to go. I remember one time a person lunged at me and hit me uh, when the, the demon manifested. And for a brief moment, I got really pissed off at this person. And as soon as I did that, the demon had taken my anger and twisted it around and got more powerful. And the priest I was assisting at the time said, you got to get out of here. 
Mm-hmm. And I went into the garage for a while. And after a little bit, he came in the garage and told me, uh, you need to go. We, I can't have you come back in the house after that. So there's a lot of different reasons why one may have to step away from it. Um, that's if you've done something to make things worse or if just everybody's at a point where uh, everybody needs a break. And, and, and it happens. All right. Uh, one thing I noticed when you had full screen here, and I'm going to back it off for just one second for our viewers to see your background. Obviously, you're a man of the cloth, you're religious, you're out there helping, but here you are surrounded with posters of the Changeling, Amityville Horror, and many different horror deals. And so many people are concerned that watching movies like that, watching shows like your program actually invites evil in. It makes them more susceptible to this. What are your thoughts on something like that? Well, you know, I've ever since I was a little boy, I've been a really avid horror movie fan, and it just it, it is what it is. I don't hardly watch them anymore. Uh, but growing up, I really did. I mean, that's just a, I know behind me, the changeling was a true story and a very intriguing ghost story that I always loved the movie. Um, uh, Amityville two is also the prequel to the Amityville horror. And I find that story personally more interesting. The, uh, other than the, right, the uh, possession, right. Yeah. The earlier before that when the whole family was murdered. I but does story. it does watching these things and you know people that are fascinated and and almost to the level of obsession watching every paranormal show out there, does that make them more prone to actual spiritual attacks or uh just more prone for those that are maybe more mentally unstable to believe that they're having experiences? Well, I think even you would agree that. If you had a Tom Savini signed original print Night of the Living Dead poster, you'd probably have it in your room with you. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I, I, all the time, like when the show was running for the six weeks it ran live every Thursday night, I would always post, grab your Bible, grab some holy water, pray before, during, and after the show, watch it with a friend. People would reach out to me, go, are you, are you joking? Is that all play? I wasn't joking. I, I, I think that's all very important you have to be very careful with this stuff. And yes, I think uh, the right type of person, you can say the wrong thing at the wrong time, at the wrong place, and you never know what's floating around listening. And you got to be careful because you're never sure what you might say or do that will in- invite, make yourself a target and invite these things into your life. So you have to, have you ever heard anybody say, you know, make fun of religion and then say, I would much rather rule in hell than serve in heaven. And mm-hmm. you want to, you just want to backslap them. If you know how bad of a thing that is to say, you just want to backslap them, but you just, you pray for them. You make the sign of the cross over them and you say, you know, you really shouldn't, I'm going to say a prayer for you and you really shouldn't say things like that. You, you do have to be very, very careful. But I was a Ghostbuster since I was like 10. So, um, I, I like the ghost stuff. I don't do that much anymore either. Those, I, I never get those cases anymore. Nobody calls me and says, I just have a ghost in the house. That's another weird thing about this whole, you know, I, I'm being I'm being led down a path here by something bigger than me. And so uh, I would like to have just somebody call and say, my Aunt Betty just died and she won't leave. 
You know, she's still in the kitchen trying to help me cook, throwing pots and pans around, getting mad I don't keep the house. And she's well, who wants to lose a ghost like that, <laughs> Reverend? Everybody wants Aunt Betty to hang yeah, around and, and help straighten up the kitchen after dinner. Um, what can you tell people right now? I know we got to get wrapped up here, but for people that feel or fear that they truly are dealing with maybe the beginnings of oppression, maybe even dealing with demonic possession, what are a few tips you can give them to kind of understand what it is they're really dealing with? Whatever, like they know better than anybody else what's going on in their life. If if they already know that they're having seances in the home, they're mm -hmm. dabbling in the black arts, maybe they are doing some black magic themselves, stop doing that stuff. And if, even if you don't have a religious uh, belief system in place, at that point, once you stop doing that stuff, go to your nearest non-denominational Christian church and see if you can get some pastors or ministers to come over to your home and do a blessing, a property, home, cleansing and blessing over everything and you too. Mm -hmm. Go Preferably go to a church where you can get dunked in the holy waters and get rebaptized or baptized. But if you are Catholic or Christian, get a, a, a legitimate ordained Christian minister to your home or a priest to your home. To do That's really hard though, Reverend Whittington. A lot of people reach out to the church and they're rebuked. They're told, no, you need psychological help. And they're summarily dismissed before even giving a chance to prove that they're dealing with something. Uh, That's I think what's so disheartening. Oh All yeah, right. absolutely. Keep Can trying. they reach out to you? Can they oh, reach out to you and get Many, help? I'm in Las Vegas. I don't tr really travel, but okay. even here in town, um, I give people advice over the phone on what to do. Let me let everybody else, I know we have to go, but let me let everybody else in on a little secret. Mm -hmm. You are the one that truly has the power to take your life and your home back and protect your family. You own that house. It's your property. You need to take authority over it and command these things to go and fight back. When I instruct a person on you know, the holy oil and the holy water and the blessed salts. And I guess I still use uh, blessed white sage and sweet grass. And uh, I love Palo Santo wood. After you've done all that stuff and I tell them how to use all that stuff, um, keep doing it. Fight back. Pray a lot. Get the whole family together and have like prayer time during the day. But you people need to understand they are truly the one. I'm not. I don't have any magic powers. I can't come in there and wave a magic wand and make it all stop. Um, me just showing up is provocation and things could get very worse before they get better. Sometimes if the people aren't 100% on board with what I'm trying to do, that can make it worse. But the people that have the power to turn their lives around are the people that are being targeted. You need to fight back. They're counting on you to lay down and let them have their way with you and take your life from you. You've got to fight back. And it is tough. I know that there are those of you that have reached out to me and talked to me through the years and you've tried to step up and tried to fight back and it's gotten worse for you and it's gotten more violent and it leaves you in a place of feeling like a victim and, and rightfully so. Uh, there are resources. There are places to help. We do have a link for Reverend uh, Whittington's site so that you can reach out to him and get some help. He's on social media as well. And there are other resources. 
Um, if you're in that position, you could reach out to me at Dave at Paranormal60.com. Tell me where you're located, what city and state, and uh, between Reverend Whittington and I, we will try to find somebody in your area that can deal with these issues and the things that are uh, are trying to take you apart. Um, do you mind giving just a quick little blessing as we say goodbye here, uh, Reverend, for anybody that's tuned in and is fearful yes. that opening up to this has made them Matter susceptible fact, now? And I, and I know I'm going to light a candle. Okay. For you and I and everybody watching and listening, name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. May the Holy Spirit enter and intervene in the lives of everybody watching and listening, Mr. Schrader and myself, and remain with all of us on our current journey and on to the next. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. And this candle amen. will continue to burn until it is all done. Thank you so much. And thank you all for tuning in and spending some time here, allowing me on your journey. And may the darkness of this world be just a little bit more light with the information that we share here. We have links for all of our guests, their books and things on each episode guide. You can find them there and you can find the books and more by going to paranormal60.com. Click on the shop tab at the top of the page and it'll take you to my Amazon shop. You could go in and find the books from every one of the guests that we cover on this program and make sure to rate and review those books also rate and review the tv shows so that these different programs know that it's uh, something to bring back something to continue to examine and i hope that you stay safe out there don't take things so lightly but don't allow yourself to be victimized by your own fears until this wednesday this is dave schrader on the paranormal 60. Mm -hmm.